Hey, Donnie here. I wanted to tell you about Champions 90. Champions 90 isn't a workout routine or a fitness routine. This is about you transforming your life mentally, giving yourself an upgrade while you build to business freedom. Champions 90 is about you getting quiet with your thoughts, staying focused on building your business and getting you to freedom. Come join the challenge at champions90.com. Hey guys, what a cool episode this was. Sitting down with Shailene was a fun, we had a lot of laughs, and you know, I was really surprised to learn a lot more about her than than what I knew. Because I knew her from the fitness world. And, you know, it's it's amazing her journey and the things she's done from a young age to where she is now. And it you know, it's always fun to listen to somebody's story and find out and learn new things. But man, I took a lot of great takeaways from this one and and I think you'll really get a kick out of it. And wait till her and I get into the discussion about Gary V. Uh, that was that was a lot of fun. You know, this whole podcast is has been just a blast to do because you know, I get the chance every time it comes up to talk about Stacy McGovern and her company, Point Blank Safety Services. Man, these guys are awesome. You know, uh, Stacy and her husband, Michael, have literally built a company around helping police officers make a living while protecting our freeways and and us. You know, I mean, her company, they place cars you know, police cars on the freeways to help make sure that the construction workers are safe and that, um, you know, we're safe and everybody gets home well. So if you're looking for uh, safety services, you know, for your construction projects, your freeway projects, or almost anything, reach out to Point Blank Safety Services. They're, they're really doing good things for our police officers community and they're doing amazing things to keep us all safe so check them out point blank safety services uh and just let them know that donnie sent you you know and the last thing guys is you should come hang out in the facebook group donnie success champions it's a you know a lot of fun we're constantly talking about mindset we're talking about our journeys and and we're rising up together and moving forward as a team so come hang out with us i think you'll be really glad that you sat down with several champions that are all trying to change and transform their lives and do more and be more so donnie success champions facebook group come hang out uh let me know that you came from the show and let's rock and roll, guys. Enjoy this one. All right, guys. Going to be another killer episode. I'm really looking forward to it. I really know that a lot of you have been asking to get her on the podcast. So I'm really excited to bring on Chalene Johnson to the show and let her tell us her story. So I'm Donnie Bovine. This is Donnie Success Champions. Miss Chalene, welcome to the show, my dear. Please tell us your story. Well, thank you so much for having me. Where do I begin, right? Um, uh, you know, you like long walks <laughs> on the beach. And, you know. <laughs> well, I think probably much like you, most people know me from fitness. Um, so I've had three number one fitness infomercials. The infomercial that's on TV right now is called Pio. And uh, that's, a, that's the number one fitness infomercial. Actually, this week it was the number one infomercial overall, all categories. Oh, wow. Good for you. It was the number one infomercial in 2017. Is that the whole but wait, there's more thing? Yeah, totally. Yeah. All right, cool. Love yeah. It, it. I'm a student of those things. And, <laughs> and I was the 
I hosted it myself. I filmed it myself on my iPhone. Um, All right, now that's killer. Well done. Yeah, well thanks. done. <laughs> well, the interesting story about it is I, um, to kind of take listeners back a little bit, which is why I, I said that it's kind of odd to me that people know me from fitness. That's just where I'm known, if you right. will. Uh, but it's not who I am. And it's True. certainly not what I expected to have success in. I've been a serial entrepreneur all my life. I, my first business, I started at the age, well, I started doing it at age 15, informally flipping cars, like buying used cars and fixing them up and having them painted at Earl Scheib and, and then reselling them and making enough money to be able to pay, for, pay my way through college. While I was in college at Michigan State, I turned that into a more um, legitimized business, if you will, and I rented uh, a lot of land from the state of Michigan and I held these big, I guess you would call them like almost fairs where on a Saturday, private owners would come in and they would park their vehicle and they would be the salesperson for their vehicle. And then private people who were wanting to buy from a private individual would come to the lot as well. And I just took a cut on both ends and that was called the All Michigan Auto Swap Meet. So yeah, that's awesome. Now, wait, I got to ask. So you were flipping cars to get through college. That yes. had to be a hell of a pickup line at a bar, at a party or anything else. What yeah. do you do for a living? I flip cars. Yeah, yeah, you know, and we talked a little bit about mindset before we started. And that was my mindset was always like, okay, so this is a problem. I should solve this problem. And the beautiful thing about solving a problem is it usually solves a problem for a lot of other people. And in that becomes a business. Yeah. And so for me, being a 18 year old petite, I'm five two, blonde girl living in Michigan, most of my transactions were in Detroit. So I would drive down there, you know, by myself, so stupid, with a, a purse full of cash to, to look at a, a, a title in some strange dude's apartment in like the worst part of Detroit. It just wasn't safe. It wasn't convenient. It was a hassle. People make an appointment to come see your vehicle and then they cancel or they show up in the shady. And so for me, it was like a convenience thing. We could do this all in one day. I could look at a ton of vehicles. This would be a convenience to other buyers who were also trying to get directions to go see someone's vehicle. We didn't have cell phones then. So it was solving a problem at the time. And that kind of led to my each and every business after that. It was like, okay, well, everyone in my family is obese on both sides um, or overweight, I should say, struggle with their weight. And I don't want to be that. And they all diet. So dieting must not be the solution. I, I'm going to exercise, but I hate exercise. So I started creating these really cool kind of funky workouts that took music and sound effects and hip hop and uh, Taekwondo. And I kind of blended them all together and solved my problem. And eventually it solved a lot of other people's problems. But I didn't get into that because I was an expert in fitness or in nutrition or, or diet or kinesiology, I got into it because I was solving my problem. That's awesome. That's awesome. So you got kind of the the whole Billy Banks, Tybo back in the day kind of vibe with the the punching, kicking, and everything else, you know, and workout yeah, stuff. Totally. That's and awesome. I, I really kind of cap, tried to capitalize on, the, to be honest, on that craze because it was at the time the number one fitness craze. Yeah. So I developed a program for health clubs called Turbo Kick. This is in like 1999. And eventually, I started teaching other fitness instructors how to teach this format. We grew to have certified over 60,000 fitness instructors in Holy, wow. I, don't, I don't know how many countries. And, and eventually, that caught on 
to major health clubs. We were in all the major health clubs around the world. Um, and at that time, because Taibo was such a huge cultural success, all the infomercial companies were looking for the next fitness program that didn't require equipment. That was right. the beauty of it. Right. So, so we, we, it was just timing and, you know, business savvy. Um, and we just started getting phone calls from infomercial companies that were interested in bringing what I was doing for, for um, fitness clubs and wanted to bring that to consumers. Well, well, thank you for one, for not bringing another piece of equipment into a house for people <laughs> to hang their clothes on, you know, so, cause you know, most people buy all that crap and it ends up in some corner of the house for and sure. they get used. So, yeah. so that's awesome. So you literally go from hustling cars, <laughs> flipping cars, excuse me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh no, I was hustling them. Right. Right. To, to developing a huge swap meet, if you will, for cars. Yep. Um, to a fitness craze and then slowly I understand building an empire of <laughs> well, you know, it's it's always it's always kind of just taken on its natural uh progression, if you will, when except that I think it's important to say that because I never intended to be in fitness, um, and I always attributed my success not to my knowledge of fitness, but my knowledge of business. So I always felt really insecure around the fitness industry. Like I kept thinking they were going to call me and yeah. ask, yeah, the imposter syndrome call and ask for um, my credentials. <laughs> and so I got certified by like, I don't know how many, like probably 20 different organizations because I wanted to be overqualified. I was so insecure about the fact that I didn't belong there. And then there came a point when I had so much success and people knew me for fitness that I was almost defensive and angry about it because I was like, it's, it's not who I am. I'm, I'm here because I understand people and I understand solving problems. And there was a point at which I became resentful and also uncomfortable with the fact that that's what I was known for. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? You know, it, it, I find this quite often with entrepreneurs is they get this natural knack of constantly creating something. They're always fiddling. They're always tinkering and what's the next thing and what's, what's moving forward. Mm -hmm. And, but they always seem to get slammed into some sort of successful niche. Right. And that's a lot of what their brand becomes. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's, it's an interesting conundrum. So you didn't start flipping cars until you were 18. Where does that- No, I started like at, at 15. Okay, all right. 15, yeah. Younger, right? Where does that entrepreneur bug come from? I'm always curious where people start getting in the end of the game. Was it, was it the lemonade stand? Was it the mowing lawns? You know, selling Girl Scout cookies? I mean, was there a, a moment where you're like, okay, I got to yeah. start making money? Yeah, I, I don't know about you. I've interviewed hundreds of entrepreneurs and I often find that they were either raised by an entrepreneur or influenced by mm -hmm. someone, like someone's father who was an entrepreneur. Um, for me, that was, and I know your story's a, a little bit later, if I'm not mistaken. Yep, yep it is. Um, for, yeah, I'm for a me, late was, bloomer. It took me till 40, so. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. yeah, for me, it was being raised by uh, my father, my mom and dad. You know, my father was an entrepreneur and uh, a really positive money mindset. So for the people out there listening who have children, things he never said, they never said, were the common things you hear parents say, like money doesn't grow in trees and we can't afford that. My parents would say, well, if that's what you want, that's exciting. Let's put together a plan and you, you can figure out a way to earn that. And then once you earn it, you can decide if that's what you want to spend your money on. And so I ne it never crossed my mind that my parents should buy me a car or buy me clothes or anything. I mean, from the time I was in about sixth 
grade, I didn't ask for even lunch money. I maybe out of a sense of guilt. I mean, I just believed that, oh, there's a way I can, whatever it is I want, I can figure out a way to be resourceful, to rake lawns, to flip cars, to do whatever, work in my dad's store to make my own money and, and find a way. It was always like a find a way kind of attitude. And even when I said I wanted to go to college at that point, neither, on neither of their sides, no one had ever gone to college. We certainly didn't have the money for it. Uh, so it was, it was just not a big deal when my dad said, this is a great idea. Let's figure out a way for you to make more money. And it was his idea to take the money I'd saved and go to the state auction and, and buy a used vehicle and flip it. Now that's huge. I mean, cause I think a lot of parents and I don't have kids. So, so, but uh, being around my nieces, nephews and a lot of other kids, you know, I, I often see that the kids are a direct reflection of their parents. Right. Yeah. You know, so if a parent has money problems, woes, this, that, and the other, the kids are a direct reflection, you know, so yeah. it's pretty powerful that, that your parents, you know, kind of instilled that, that sense of, well, if you need it, go get it, you know, yeah. get it done to figure it out. It certainly created a um, problems for me later um, in terms of being a, a workaholic, <laughs> and, and and in a very serious sense, like nearly destroyed my marriage and um, me emotionally because uh, it and it's you know just having gone through some dark times that I was able to to kind of break the belief, the false belief that I didn't have value or purpose unless. I was making people money, hmm. unless that's what I was known for. So if, if I had a failure, that meant I personally was a failure and, and that I had let people down. And that was, you know, you can't, <laughs> you have to have a lot of failure to have success. And that, that was hard to take. You know, it, and it, what's interesting is I think a lot of people who have this entrepreneur bug or they have this entrepreneur business owner vibe, they go for the stuff, right? You know, or meaning they go through either the accolades, the attaboys of people going, you're awesome, you're amazing, or they go for the over the top cars, houses, right, mansions, right. you know, something along the lines. Yeah. Why do you think that is? Why do you think that they're, they're so, so set on going for that, that? Yeah. Yeah. Escape? Can I tell you what like really bugs me? What's that? Is and I, I think it maybe it, maybe you can answer this for me because I notice a lot of male entrepreneurs do this. They flex, yes. right? Like so, they've got like yes. five white Lamborghinis in their driveway, and this you know, and they're like walking onto their private plane. You're like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm sorry, it looks so douchey to me. Like I just don't get that. But I know, and you know, there's there's a couple of them that do that, but they're not like that, right? You know well, what I mean? It, it comes from the locker room. Right, so you're in the locker room. You got all the guys hanging out. It's the flexing the muscle. It's the Billy bad. If I look like a badass, then I'm a badass. Nobody's gonna yeah. mess with me, type thing. You know, yeah. it's like the prison yard. If you're the baddest ah. dude in town, right? Nobody's gonna mess with you. No. And so, so when you get accolades and you get successes that other people don't, most of those people are like, ah, oh, that dude's got it, right? Yeah, got it. Yeah. That, you know, and everybody. Gets <laughs> I always think, oh, they're running those. <laughs> a lot of them are. And a totally. lot of that's coming out nowadays that they rented the Airbnb mansion and, you know, it's somebody else's jet and all the other BS that's coming with it. Yeah. Which is, which is cool to see because. But no judgment. I mean, because I for sure had my own, and I think it comes from a, a sense of inadequacy. And so because I needed to prove to people that I was of value, I needed to create value for them. And so for me, it wasn't the money 
for me and I would give it away. It was me being able to, to be the top salesperson. It was me being able to pay for things for other people or to give them to give them sales or to, to do well for others. It was the making money was a, like a scorecard. And what I felt like I was scoring, I didn't realize until later was my worth. Yeah. That's what I say. Was it the, the accolades? It was a way you felt by making other people feel good or whatever else, you know, along that journey mm-hmm. is, is that, why do you think it went that direction versus the stuff? Oh, I know why. Okay. I, a thousand percent why, because I figured it out when I went to therapy. Um, for me, when my parents, when I was in like, I think maybe fourth or fifth grade, my father was a liquidator. So what he did was go into bankruptcy court and buy out businesses that were on the brink of disaster, or maybe they were closing 30 locations and he would liquidate the, the assets. Um, it was in Detroit. It was pretty cutthroat. It wasn't the um, most... Uh, I guess, upscale people that he was dealing with. It was kind of shady. And I remember they got their big, my parents got their biggest deal ever. They got this chain uh, or a a bunch of locations in a chain were closing. Uh, They had purchased the assets and all of the assets were in a warehouse and they had taken their last dime to make this deal happen. And someone set fire to the building and they didn't have insurance. So my dad, in an effort to teach me about money, I remember him bringing me into his office and closing the door and having me sit down in his big leather office chair. And he said to me, this is your bank book. It was my little blue bank book statement book. And he said, I'm going to teach you today how your money can make you money. So you know that your mom and I have had this fire and we're going to be okay. We're going to be okay. But what I'd like to do with your permission is borrow your money. And what we're going to do is pay you back more. Now, I know that was a lesson in interest, but when you're like in fourth or fifth grade, Mm -hmm. that felt like I'm responsible right now for my parents. Right. So I felt a little bit like a hero and a lot of pressure and a lot of weight, but because there was so much like praise and recognition and I was the, ch- I was the oldest child. I was the child they went to and borrowed her money. So it just instilled in me a false belief. It wasn't at all his intention. His intention was positive, but you just never know how people or children are going to interpret things. And that's how I interpreted it. And I held on to that message unknowingly until my addiction to work just nearly killed me. I mean, I just was, I was sleeping like three, four hours a night because there was always more to do and there was always more to create. And there was always, you know, because the more you do, the more opportunities there are for failure. And that failure felt so personal. So I just never, ever stopped trying to, as you said, Donnie, come up with that and tinker with that next new mm. thing. You know, it's interesting. And I love asking the questions of people who are like these, these phenomenal, badass serial entrepreneurs that continue to go for it. My question is, is why do they have to push themselves to the brink of almost finding rock bottom yeah. before they start making the change? Well, they don't. You know, they really don't. And, I've, and I used to think like, is this something everyone has to go through? Because you're right. I too have experienced many people's stories where they, they get to that point and then they then they realize like, okay, it doesn't have to be this way. There's mm. another way to do it. And I learned from someone who was a workaholic and I have t- 
taught my children, both who have their own businesses, the right way to do it. And, you know, to, to see them succeed and have the success they've had and balance. And they know how to outsource. They know how to use additional help. And they know what it means to be out of balance. So I think it's, it's just, it's, there, there's no school really for, for entrepreneurs. You can't, you can't even consider business school really a place to learn anything about well, business. I don't think you can teach entrepreneurism. That, that, that's my, well, I think you can tell somebody that you can start a business, go get punched in the face, and then you can learn. You can teach them finance and everything else, but it takes the individual person, in my opinion, to, I mean, because everything I thought about being, what, what an entrepreneur meant prior to being one was absolutely wrong. Mm. You know, then launching my own business, it wasn't until I started blowing shit up and things started breaking and chaos ensued that I went, okay, I've got to figure this shit out. Yeah. So, so maybe the only way you can actually teach someone to be an entrepreneur, I don't know. Uh, but I've, I've worked with lots of young people who are at the beginning stages of starting a business and been able to teach them the things that I wish I'd known that, that would have helped me to avoid that bottomless pit. And, you know, obviously my kids have been raised in it. So I was really conscientious of the messaging. Still That's can never huge. be certain, but I was really conscientious of the message that we were sending to them and how we talked about business and, and a person's value and their identity. And, and, and I really tried to, which is, you know, kind of led me to the, the piece of my entrepreneur life, my professional life that most people aren't as, I'm not as well known for, but it certainly has provided us with the lifestyles, certainly right. more so than even selling a bajillion tens of millions of DVDs. You know, that's a small cut, right? That's a really small, it, 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 people know you, but it's a really small cut. It's like you don't get rich from doing reality TV, but everybody knows you, right? Right, right, right. Everyone knows me from fitness, but what's really made our lifestyle possible and what really fulfills me is the businesses that we started back in uh, the mid-2000s where we were teaching people how to be smart entrepreneurs and how to have smart success and not stressed success. And there is a methodology to teaching them. And it really does start with mindset and understanding that if you have your foundational pieces in place and you understand the significance and importance of growing your dream by growing your team and how to start, like how do you hire the first person for five hours a week? You know, who is that person? How do you hire them? And how do you help people adopt that mindset before they actually even need the person? Right. Before they're even making money. And so I do believe it's possible. And it is my my wish that people, um, because a lot of people are turning into to entrepreneurs today, yeah. you know, Amazon makes that possible. Um, Shopify, so many marketplace websites have made it easy for someone to jump in with an idea, uh, grab a domain name for $9, start a business tonight and start making passive income online. So my, my objective is I want to help people understand that there's a right way and a really stressed out, needless way to do it. Well, and I, and I love that. And, and that's really cool to hear you put it in, in, in that regard because, you know, I'm constantly telling people, hey, look, you want to be a business owner, go punch yourself in the face 20 times and then start. <laughs> because, I mean, that's one way. Yeah, well, I mean, you're going to take a lick and I don't care how you run a business, you're going to screw something up. 
Sure. Oh, yeah, and, for and, sure. And, and, and it's a matter of, in my favorite quote, my fans are going to laugh because I say this quote all the damn time. It's by Rocky Balboa. It's, life is not about how hard you can hit. It's about how hard you can take a hit and keep moving forward. Yep. You know, and, and I think maybe that's more my point of trying to teach somebody to take that hit and keep plowing forward because, you know, in society, we're brought up to most people are, you know, what everybody else thinks about them is what matters really most in their life. Sure. And turning off that noise or that gremlin in your ear is tough for people to really, really, really do. Yeah. And most people don't have that tenacity and grit to keep pushing forward when life stacks up against them. So, mm-hmm. so good on you for creating a safe environment for people to fail and have encouragement around them, you know, to keep moving forward with, with everything. Yeah. You guys are yeah. That, that's encouragement and, and, and steps, right? Like, yeah. so it, it's helpful to have, you know, as they say, success leaves clues and it actually will leave a blueprint for you. Most successful people will tell you exactly what they did wrong and what they did right. And you should listen to them, (laughs) you know, (laughs) take into consideration, of course, the time, because when your mentor or the person who you're, um, you admire when they built their business, if it was, it was even five years ago, times are different, but, but listen to the things that they, when you hear entrepreneurs say, this is what I wish I would have done differently, listen, because that's a pretty big clue. Well, my buddy of mine, Wally Carmichael, runs a Men of Abundance podcast. One of the favorite things he ever said to me, he goes, don't listen to guys like Gary V now. Go <laughs> listen to what he did 10 years ago as he was building his empire. Listen to him because, you know, I, I'm glad you're on the, uh, slightly on the opposite end of the spectrum of him. Yeah. I've had him on my show and we went head to head. I'm sure because he's putting people in an early grave. I know. You know, you know I mean, these 17, but you know what? There's, there's some females doing that too right now. Well, I, I, I'll work on getting them on the show just so I can battle them as well. And be okay. on, I'm more on your team girl because I, I'm, I'm, you know, I own a farm, you know, uh-huh. you know, Thursday afternoons at noon days done. I'm home working on the farm weekends That's are my awesome. wife, you know, so we have it all, you know, that was just a plan before I started my business is we built this life for the two of us, you know, all the way through. Now, as not said, we haven't had our struggles along the way, figuring sure. all this stuff out, but yeah, but we went in the game to not be the workaholic and you can find a cool life without killing yourself along the way. Yes, you yeah. can. Yeah. So, so now you've got, I'm really more interested in in the business side of things. So what all the businesses do you actually have? Well, that's an interesting question too. um, It's multiple streams of income. It's, um, and they slowly evolve. Sometimes I fear triggering that need to do more when I share with people like all the different streams of income that we have. So I want to preface it by saying it's something that we've built piece by piece, one piece at a time. And can I say the- one thing in there just really quick? Sure. Guys, get one and get it right before you start the second one. That's right. Yeah. All right. All right. Go ahead. For Go sure. Ahead. <laughs> and and give it time to so that you can really get it right and tweak it and fix it and then enjoy it. And then once it starts to become either passive, passive income, a little less work and you are intrigued by another area. I, I never go into anything because I'm like, oh, that's a real moneymaker. It's like, this is what I'm passionate about. My husband, I'm fortunate enough that he loves that I get geeked up and obsessed with things. And that's the direction we go in. He just sets up orange, orange cones so <laughs> no one gets hurt along the way. But if, I think if you're really, really passionate about something, it's not, someone said to me the other day, like, you're always reinventing yourself. I'm like, I'm not reinventing myself at all, but I follow my passion. And we I would change. say you're evolving. 
Yes, not exactly. Not becoming a better version of yourself, but I think we we hopefully we always are. You better be. <laughs> me, I, I don't worry about like oh, does this fit with my brand? It's just like no, this is what I'm obsessed with right now, so that's what I'm gonna do. Um, so we sold our fitness businesses to the fitness giants, Beachbody. Um, I don't know. I think like eight years ago. Okay. And but I still partner with them. I still partner with Beachbody on consumer projects. Smart on their part. <laughs> Thank you. And uh, so then in addition to that, my husband and I have served thousands and thousands of entrepreneurs now, hundreds of thousands, um, through a couple of different courses. One is called the Marketing Impact Academy, and it's an all online, basically virtual mentorship program where we teach people how to go from idea to making money and giving them that financial freedom, like the mm, freedom cool. of their schedule. And But teaching them that blueprint because most people do it in all the wrong ways. We teach them to start with their brand and then to build their platform and then how to really drive sales in every area, you know, whether it's paid ads or um, on video, infomercial, uh, Facebook, Instagram, social, you name it. There's, there's a formula that makes people feel like they're serving and not selling. And that's probably been, I mean, that has been our bread and butter. That has been a great joy for us. It's so fun. Um, I love teaching people and giving people that freedom. And uh, then in aside, aside from that, uh, I've written a couple of books. Um, one's a New York Times bestseller. And then I have another one coming out on April 16th that is all about how to get healthy and happy and confident from the inside out using nutrition. It's, it's a book that's designed to help people lose weight, but to lose weight and keep it off the right way because weight loss shouldn't be so difficult. And that's, I, I got thrust into that industry kind of by accident and just got caught up in the diet and fitness culture, something I didn't know much about, but I, like I start that book off with an apology because I really didn't take the depth of my responsibility as seriously as I should have. Mm. Um, I re just regurgitated what I heard everybody else saying without ever asking like, is this, is there any science around this? Does this really, is this really good for us? Should we be doing this? And my own health suffered in that industry. And I watched so many other people suffer from, you know, things like orthorexia and um, just depleting their body fat so low that they were experiencing um, amenorrhea where their cycle cease and just an obsession and a never feeling good enough. And, and of course we know, everyone's always known that 95% of diets don't work, mm -hmm. but they do work. Right. So we, we say that, but it's like, well, then why is everyone diet? Well, everyone diets because it does work if you are defining success by weight loss and ignoring the fact that everyone gains it back. So I wanted to discover by working with scientists, um, is there a way to master your metabolism so that you can, you can be healthy and you can be at the weight you're supposed to be, but not be a slave to food and fitness and not feel like certain things have to be ruled out forever. And that was part of a process that I had to go through. And I was so passionate about it that I'm like, to my husband, like, okay, now, now this is the direction we're going in now because <laughs> I have an obligation or responsibility to, to get this right. No, I love that. And I love the rawness behind the starting off the apology. Um, it, what, I, what I truly respect about that is I think a lot of people go and they're doing the Lamborghini, they're doing the big houses, they're doing, they're saying, look how awesome I am. And you just said, you started off with saying, well, let me tell you how I screwed it all up. 
you know, yeah. that's yeah. beautiful. It really is because um, I'm excited. I have a book fiction finally come out that, that we've been working on. And, and I, I plan with mine. I think it's going to be a shocker for the people that know me because I'm actually walking through where everybody thought that I was always a hell of a lot more successful than I was. And I'm just mm. breaking down, you know, the self-sabotaging and, you know, you know, how I was trying to put myself on a pedestal and all that. So, but I love that, that rawness behind, you know, starting out that way, because I think you're going to impact so many more lives by saying, Hey, you see me as this. Let me yeah. show you the real yeah. side of things. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's huge. That's huge. I tell the story about how, um, for one of the, the infomercials that I filmed, uh, you know, and, and PS along the way, I'm not, I'm making a few enemies because <laughs> I'm telling the, the dirty, dark secrets behind the fitness industry. But I think we have to because you see these people on Instagram, myself included, and you go, hashtag goals, I want that body. But in order to get into the state that, like, for example, that I was at my absolute leanest, um, which I was, I had a producer call my husband and say, hey, you know, for this next series, it would really help sales if she could get extra lean. And at that point, my body fat was already so low that I wasn't getting my period. And I was already exercising two and a half hours a day and barely eating any food. And so disgusting. I mean, I'm sorry. I mean, it's fucking nuts. Why? Yeah. yeah. And I, because, and and I wasn't telling anyone this and certainly I didn't have, I could have turned down the project. So I want to take responsibility there. I didn't have to do it, but because I was like, yeah, I don't want to get kicked out of this club. I, I, I want this opportunity. I'll just exercise more, you know, because four hours isn't that bad. And I'll, I'll eat less. And I literally, if I, it, I'm ashamed, like I have shame around what I was eating, which was virtually nothing and so bad, so processed and disgusting, just, just barely sustaining on any food in order to drop the, those extra pounds in the most unhealthy way. And then here I am such a hypocrite smiling in the video and saying, you guys, just 30 minutes a day. <laughs> Bullshit. Like that wasn't right. true. And it, it wasn't that I was lying to the consumer. I want to be very clear about that. And I, I write this in the book, One Through One Method. Wasn't, I believed what I was saying. I just didn't believe it was ever going to be possible for me because I believed I was broken, I was flawed, that I destroyed my metabolism. What I didn't realize until later was that all of us were doing this. Nobody could do that. And in 30 minutes a day and eating tons of food every two hours, like nobody was doing that. And it wasn't until I had my own health scare with my brain health. I had a brain scan at the Amen Clinic and they ran a nutrition panel and they ran a hormone panel and they said, I got a failing grade. I'm like, so wait, I'm like, I'm on TV. I've got these number one fitness programs. I have millions of people doing my programs and following what I'm saying. And my health is getting a failing score. What have I done? What have I done to myself? And what have I done to other people? by being negligent and not, not listening to my own intuition and not doing some research, not saying like, why are we telling people this? Is it founded? Do we know? Is this the right thing to do? Like, or are we just trying to sell things? And that's why I just, I literally on that day, I just walked away mentally. You know, I didn't tell anyone. Right. I was just like, I'm not going to do this to my kids. I've done this to myself and I got to figure this out. That's awesome. You know, and I hope people are hearing this because I think nowadays a lot of people are regurgitating all the things they're hearing on social media because there's so much out right now. 
And so people are giving advice because some other guru that's got whatever jackass method going on is, is, is saying it. So they're regurgitating Amen. it versus actually going through it themselves and see if it fucking works. Amen. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and then actually, you know, the other thing is to, like you, you and I both talked about entrepreneurs who are like selling that, you know, drive yourself into the ground mentality. You got to look at their whole life. I would say like when you, when you pick a mentor, Look at all areas of their lives, you know, like, cause if they've, they're on their fifth marriage and they've, you know, never been to one of their kids events and they are literally like, it's pretty clear. They might have all the things, but it's pretty clear. They are a tortured individual. Do you know what I mean? Like right. they're running from something. They have to be on a plane. They have to tell you about all the things they're doing. They have to tell you about all their accolades. They have to flex. There's a reason why, Yep. you know, don't get caught up in that because it will not bring you happiness. You know, and I think it, it you it, what you say you had to watch the entire story because just because you watch one video is not the story. Go yeah. watch a couple and go see because you'll see often, you know, the guy one minute walking in front of a Lamborghini and then the next okay. minute in front of a crowd and he's not that machismo over the top guy, you know, out there is, is the biggest one that I've seen. Or the the newest trend that I'm starting to see out there is the fake cry. Um, oh, uh, oh, I haven't seen too much of that uh, yet. Oh, yeah, yeah. Start looking. looking forward to it. Yeah, you're gonna start seeing it. Is now you guys- <laughs> when we're done, can you tell me who to go watch? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Um, you know, it's it, it's just it's just funny that um because of the content nation, you know, everybody's screaming, you gotta do content, content, content. And they're not wrong. You need to put out a ton of content. True. But you need to put out a real story. Yeah. Right. And and really you know, um, the one thing that I do like about Gary Vee that he does says is document your life. That's, mm. you know, that's the yep. huge thing right yeah. now is take people yeah. on the journey with you. Um, yeah. I struggle with a lot of his other stuff, but. Um, you know, and, and listen, when I had him on my show, like, and he's, he, we both respect him, obviously. Um, but what I heard is a guy, if I can break him down, like as if I'm his therapist, <laughs> I heard a guy who, who didn't have his dad's attention. Yeah in his formative yeah. years. And if you go listen to it, was working. Yep. Yep. And, and, and you hear it, you know, he's like his dad drug him into, and here we go breaking down Gary Vee, but, yeah. but his dad drug him into yeah. the liquor store. Yeah. Right. You know, and yeah. that kind of stuff, you know, and, and, you know, it's funny to listen to those guys talk because listen to the attributes, you know, he always says he won the lottery with his parents. Mm. And I often wonder when he says that phrase, is he trying to convince himself or us? Ooh, yeah. Right. Or is he trying to convince his own son? Right. 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 So, I mean, you've got to look at all of that all the way through just to see where it is. I mean, so it's, it's funny. I have a, a, a group on Facebook and I, and my family's in there and I, and I got a bunch of smart ass brothers, my dad, I mean, everybody in my family, if you don't have thick skin, you just don't walk around the family. Perfect. And you know, when they first joined the group, you know, and we're hanging out. I had this thought in the back of my head. Oh, fuck. Everybody's going to meet the family. You know, <laughs> you know, like, you know, how is that going to represent my brand, you mm -hmm. know, as it out there in the marketplace? And now people are feeding my family ammunition to bust my chops even more. Totally. So, so, totally. so yeah. it's now it's like the whole family's in for the ride, um, um, which is, is, is a lot of fun. And I think if a lot of people will look about how people are hitting the marketplace, how they're talking about their family how they're talking about the things they're doing, it's going to paint a more vivid picture of their mm -hmm. life and their journey all the way along. Yeah. You know? And not everyone has that idyllic family situation and that's okay too. But I, I just think the, 
Donnie, mainly, I think what we're both saying is you, you just, you got to be authentic. And if you're trying to copy someone else's formula in terms of like what their life looks like, and now what you're going to do is you're going to rent a bunch of white Lamborghinis. And now what you're going to do is, you know, stand in front of somebody else's yacht. Like, that's just going to blow up in your face. And I think we're, we're getting to a place where we're too savvy about it, too savvy for it. But what does concern me, two, two, two areas that I just realized like right now on this podcast that are almost like um, we're okay with these areas being addictive. Like if you have a gambling addiction, that's a bad thing. If you have a drug addiction, that's a bad thing. But if you are addicted to exercise or if you're addicted to health or if you're addicted to business, those things we commend, we celebrate. Yeah. Yeah. We celebrate the ultra fit. We celebrate the ultra successful. But at the end of the day, if you're doing it because you can't be present in your real life, whatever it is, whether it's you know, you're addicted to running or you're addicted to business, if it's something that you're doing to distract you from being present, it's an addiction and it is, can be just as damaging as an addiction to an opiate or an addiction to gambling or anything else. It can, it can still destroy marriages. And at the end of the day, what makes us happy isn't money or things, it's people. Yeah, you know, what's funny I, to hear you say that, my, my most downloaded episode I've ever done is a solo episode I did, and it was called You Can't Run Away From You. Mm -hmm. And it's just telling my story of me growing up and every time life got tough, I moved, right? I went someplace, I went join the Marine Corps, I moved to St. Louis, you know, all the way through. And it was because it was my form of escapism. Every time mm -hmm. it got tough, I got the fuck out. Yeah. You know? yeah. And I think everybody has that kind of escapism outlet, you know, and for some people, like you're saying, it's business, right? Yeah. And, 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 you know, having a healthy love of business and growing and creating those worlds is, is an amazing thing as long as you're doing it, as you said, not to escape, you know, from something else. Yeah. Along that ride, you know. Keeping ourselves in check. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's going to be fun someday sharing a stage with you, by the way. I think that'd be, <laughs> you know, um, well, thank you. Uh, yeah. Um, I like, I hope you like to dance. Um, well, you know, I'm, I'm a, your, your traditional country white dude. So if, if you've seen the movie hitch, Yes. You know, I, th this is my move. Elbows. Okay. And that's all. Perfect. That's, 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 that's perfect. And if my wife even saw me do that much, she'd be laughing right now. She knows <laughs> She's how dying. Bad of a Absolutely. How bad of a dancer I am. So, you know, um, so where's all this journey taking you crazy? I mean, you've got all kinds of cool things going on. You, you've had a badass journey so far. And I love the self-discovery that's happened into it. Right? Yeah. So much power in you sharing that real side of your story for other listeners as they're going through it. So where's all this taking you? I mean, uh, I, for me, it's, it's about helping people to be healthy and healthy isn't just food and nutrition. Healthy is taking a look at every part of your lifestyle and figuring out how you can improve it because when you improve that it improves your confidence and that makes people happy. And that's, that's really what this one, three, one method, this book is about is helping people understand how you become kind of an expert at yourself. Like you said, it really perfectly, Donnie, that you just, you have to become aware. You have to become aware of what you're running from, uh, what you're putting into your body, how it's affecting you, looking long-term, like how do you want to live? How do you want to show up for your kids? What kind of energy do you want to have? Do you want to be held hostage by your job or the you know food that you're no longer supposed to eat or somebody else's food rules? Or do you want to be held hostage by your body or the way you feel about 
your appearance or do you want to learn how to have optimal health? Because that is how we, we improve our confidence. And when we improve our confidence, we treat other people better. We take more risks. We bounce back quicker. We have resilience. And it just trickles down to other people in our lives. And it's those relationships that make us healthy and make us happy. So for me, at the moment, it's trying to deliver kind of a whole person approach to being healthy and happy. I love it. I love it. I have two theories I want to run by really quick. Hearing you say yeah. management. The first one, I don't think anybody has a confidence issue. And bear with me one second. I think they have an experience issue. I think that, mm -hmm. that a lot of times people are afraid to do X, whatever X is, right? Yes. But it's like riding a bike the first time you get on it, you may fall down, skin your knees, whatever else, but it's, you get back on the bike and you ride. And once you're able to ride that bike, you have all the confidence in the world. So I think most times people aren't lacking in confidence. They're lacking an experience of whatever that thing they don't feel confident in. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. If, I, if I'm hearing you correctly, you're saying at the root core. Yes. So it's, if you're trying to fix your confidence, really what you need to do is have more experiences and yes. keep that evidence file so that you know, oh, wow, I survived it and I am better for it. So therefore, I feel more confident about myself. And I love that phrase, Again. evidence file. That's cool. I love that. I love that. The, the, the second one is not mine. I heard it and I wish I could, I would give the accolades to who said it, but um, they said this phrase is they said, quit listening to yourself and start talking to yourself. Hmm. And it was an interesting context for me because I know that my self-talk growing up, especially was not always positive, was not always pushing in the right regards. It was constantly, I'm not good enough. I don't stack up against other people, even though we don't always verbalize that. Yeah. But I found over the years, once I started you know, changing the story and changing the dialect and start saying things like when I launched my business, I kept saying, you know, I'm not a great business owner. I don't know how to do all this. And so that became a self-fulfilling prophecy on a regular basis as I wasn't doing it. Once right. I started saying I'm a business owner, I'm one of the top of the world, you know, podcasters, all that, things started dramatically and changing. And so I love this new thought process of quit listening to yourself, you know, start talking to yourself. That's right. You know, you well, know. I mean, mindset, it determines the outcome. If, yeah. if you believe something's going to fail, it will. If you believe that you were meant to be overweight and uncomfortable and not attractive, you will. But if you also believe that it's possible, if you just give yourself permission to believe and see that it's possible, then things start to change. It's making those tiny shifts in our mindset. And anybody can change their mindset. Anyone can change their beliefs. That's the beautiful thing. You weren't born with these beliefs. You develop them, which means you can develop all new beliefs and improve your mindset. I love that. And I love the fact that you said mindset because I hate the phrase, if you think you can become it, and here's why. I told this to a friend once upon a time, and he goes, look, my brother is six foot six and weighs almost 400 pounds. He's never going to be a jockey. I don't care sure. how many times he wants to be a jockey. So it's not about you can become anything you want to be, but you can change your mindset about anything you want to change your mindset about. Yeah. Yeah, yeah which, sure. is, which is huge, which is huge. Well, girl, I got to tell you, this has been an absolute blast. I have really enjoyed this. I, I really thank you. you, you Me too. Up. The honor's been mine. I appreciate it. Yeah. So here's how I like to wrap up every episode. And I do stump some people. Um, before we do that, how does everybody find you? I know you've got a tons of fans all over the world, but how does everybody find you really quick? Uh, they can go to 131method.com or you can follow me on Instagram. It's probably where I'm the most active. I'm Shaleen Johnson. Awesome. Beautiful. Beautiful. So here's how I like to wrap up every show. Like I said, I do stump some people, so get ready. If you could leave the champions who listen to this show with a quote, a phrase, a mantra, a saying, 
something they can take with them on their journey, especially when they're stacked up against it and going through it. What would be that phrase or quote you would say? Remember this. Your track record thus far is 100%. So you've got to believe in yourself. You've survived everything else up to this point. You'll survive this too. (laughs) I love that. That's a first. I haven't heard that. Well done. Well thanks. So, darling, <laughs> thank you so much for coming on the show. I've had an absolute Absolutely. Really thank you so much, Donnie. The pleasure was mine getting to know you and really appreciate the opportunity to talk to your, spend some time talking to you and get to know your people. Absolutely. Well, there you have it, guys. I appreciate you sticking around for the entire episode. Shailene's a lot of fun. I'm glad to call her friend. You know, make sure you visit and check out Point Blank Safety Services. And guys, do me one more favor. If this show brought you any value, if, if it you know, helped you out in any way, gave you any insights, thoughts, uh, or anything, uh, do me a favor and share it with at least one person. Um, that's how we grow the show. You know, we don't spend any money on advertising, so, so that would help us out uh, tremendously. Share it with just one person, and I'd appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Have a great and awesome time, and, and enjoy your journey, man. Keep it fun. Kevin and I have a lot of fun each week recording these episodes and sharing our best thoughts and ideas with you all. Man, we're just proud to to have you guys as listeners always tuning in. And we really appreciate the messages. We get the DMs, emails, and the likes from you guys with questions and ideas for future shows. And that just means the world to us. We really are changing how the world networks. We've poured our heart and soul into Success Champions Networking, and it continues to grow. So if you haven't checked out a chapter and you're looking for a mastermind group of pure, absolute badasses that understand that giving introductions are way more powerful than referrals. Go to successchampionnetworking.com and request a visit. And thanks for being you. Thanks for being a champion of your success because that's what it means to be a success champion.